That's the wrong show. Oh, wait. Cut it. Cut it. (laughs) It's time. It's time. You're just in time for the End Time Wrestling Podcast with a surprise episode for the end of the week. We pretty much are going to cover Elimination Chamber, which, boy, oh, boy, spoiler alert, fucking blowed. Uh, It left us just absolutely just... Never wanting to look at a fucking elimination chamber in Saudi Arabia ever again. One it's, of these one of these years, they're going to have back-to-back Saudi Arabia shows that are actually worth watching. They especially close, after the first they one. They were close this year. Come on, guys. Like, really? This was so fucking much of a letdown. Almost felt pointless. A show that's supposed to, like, s- s- like set up WrestleMania for... The rest of the freaking card that you need to figure out, and it just oh well, here's here's the show. That's it. This is it. Yeah, you would think they would make the show that uh, predetermines a lot of things for the grandest stage of them all. The thing that they're advertising for being stupendous, right? Is uh, would be at least a quality show, but it's uh, we can't really say that's a thing. Yeah, definitely not. But, surprise, surprise, we're gonna have something else on here to talk about quick. Because, I just want to run through No Surrender, because, holy shit, that show was better than fucking Elimination Chamber, and better than sitting through fucking NBA All-Star Weekend last night. Well, the skills competition and the three-point contest was good. The dunk contest was probably one of the worst dunk contests I've ever seen in my entire life. The, the, the dunk contest was literally just, how much can the commentators shit on this at this point? Yeah. It was so fucking bad. And that's what sucks, because the dunk contest has literally just lost any everything to it now. It needs to, like, they need to either just get rid of it, or find some way to spice it up. They need something else to just bring it back to what it used to be, because it's not at all what it used to be. Yeah. But, uh, No Surrender. Again, I watched this show last, this morning, because I didn't watch it last night. I watched it this morning, spoiler free. I I honestly don't even think there was really a bad match, even though there was a Deanna Perrazzo match, and I'm not a fan of her, but, you know, wasn't that bad either. We'll go with that. Uh, Trey Miguel and John Schuyler was the pre-show, which, again, wasn't a title match, which I was fucking false advertised about on a website that I tried to read the card. It was false advertised that it was next division title match. It wasn't. It was a non-title match. Um, Trey Miguel came out in pink for him recently losing his mother to cancer, and that's his way of not only showing, like, 
everything for his mother, but it's also his fight against, like, him standing up to fight against cancer, which, shouts to Trey Miguel, that's fucking amazing. John Schuyler is actually really fucking good. Like, a lot of people I've seen say they're not crazy for John Schuyler. I actually honestly really like the guy. He's not bad. But Miguel got the win with the Meteora. And then we had Havoc with Rosemary. And then Tennille Dashwood. And Madison Rain with Caleb and a, with a K also. What a fucking... Caleb with a K. Yes, they have to specify that his name is Caleb with a K. It's not with a C. Like, so, Havoc got the win over Tennille Dashwood. It was a pretty, it was a decent match for what it was. It ended with a distraction. Well, I guess the inspiration had given Caleb a phone at some point. A brand new phone. And... I'm guessing their number was in there because they were trying to call them mid-match and Madison Rain saw that. She started going, like, yelling at Caleb. Tennille got distracted. Havoc hit the tombstone, got the win. Again, decent little pre-show match to kick off before we got to the actual main card. The Fatal 4-Way number one contender match for the X Division title started the show. We had Jake Something, Ace Austin, Chris Bay, Mike Bailey, all four of these guys are fucking fantastic. Jake something got the win with his Into the Void finisher, which is pretty much just the Boss Man Slam, or the, uh, what's the abyss is called? The, the, the Black, Black Hole. Hole Slam. Yeah, pretty much that. Ace Austin went to slingshot through the rope. He caught him, slowed his momentum down, and then gave him a full spin back into it and hit it. And Jake something got the win. Really fucking awesome Fatal 4-Way. I know it's probably weird to think that Jake something's getting an X-Division title match because a lot of people say, well, isn't the X-Division title, like, just the their version of the Cruiserweight title and it's all just the High Flyers? No, the X-Division title is pretty much the mid-card title for them now. And then they also have the digital media title, but, you know, that's a thing. Jonah and Black Taurus was next. This was fucking awesome. Like, Black Taurus is that weird, like, big fucking size guy, and he's so just, like, so deceiving. You look at him and you go, there's no way he's fucking, like, speedy and can high fly, but that's what he can do. Again, a lot of things that big men are nowadays that freaking absolutely just trump the freaking giant tall guys. But there's one guy on here that's not terrible as a big tall guy, but we'll get to him when we get there. Jonah beat Black Taurus with the Tsunami. Fucking really good match. Jay White and Eric Young was after that. Fucking fantastic. Did not think that the two of them working like against each other would be like interesting because it's two heels. But how good Jay White is and actually how good Eric Young is. Because he even cut a promo like beforehand, which was really fucking good. Talking about... He's not a guy that got himself over on the internet, which I think was a shot at Matt Cardona, which is kind of funny. But Jay White got the win. It was really fucking good. Followed was Deanna Perrazzo's open title challenge, which was answered by Miranda Elise, which was somebody that I've only saw once. 
at Warrior Wrestling recently. When she had her match with Sky Blue, she's really good. Deanna Perrazzo, to me, is fucking extremely overrated. I cannot stand Deanna Perrazzo, and I have my reasons for it. I have no issues with anybody that likes her, but she's just not my favorite fucking thing at all. Perrazzo got the win, obviously. She had the whole, you get to pick the title thing, because Miranda chose the Ring of Honor World t Women's title because she was in the tournament originally when the title was there. She made it pretty far. She didn't win. But she came back to try it again here against Deanna. She got, of course, she tapped out. And next was Cardona defending his newly won digital media title in a rematch against Jordan Grace. Cardona wins by DQ because he forced Jordan Grace to just get angry enough till she kicked him in the dick. Was well worth it. Matt Cardona's fucking killing it right now with his... I did see the funny interaction between <laughs> Matt Cardona and Jordan Grace after the match. Yeah. He, uh, he goes, she should be fired for kicking me in the dick. And Jordan Grace responds and goes, you know all about being released, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see her say that. But that's hysterical. This was really good until... We got the fucking finish on the DQ, which I thought was a disappointing ending, but okay, not bad, I guess. Uh, Good Brothers and Gorillas of Destiny for the Impact Tag Titles. This is where we immediately get one of the bigger shocks of the night. At one point, the ref goes down and Chris Bay comes out. Well, actually, no, the ref didn't go down. That was a different match. Chris Bay comes down to cause a distraction. And he gets up on the ring apron and causes and gets up there. And then ref is still just arguing him for the longest time. Nothing else is happening. The entire match, nothing else is happening. And then all of a sudden, Jay White slides into the ring and immediately hits the Blade Runner on Tamatanga. I just... Jaw drop, stunned, have zero fucking idea what the hell just happened. We get the three count, the good brothers retain. Jay White throws up the two sweet, Chris Bay throws up the two sweet, and then Gallows and Anderson throw up the two sweet, and then they leave. Tama Tonga still laid out on the floor. Tongaloa was laid out on the floor after taking a choke slam on the floor from Doc Gallows. Holy shit. But I cannot believe, does this literally mean that G.O.D.'s been kicked out? If that's actually what happened, that's completely fucking surprising. I have zero idea why they would get rid of G.O.D. at all. There's got to be something going on right now. Next was... Mickey and Tasha Steeles for the Knockouts title, which was, again, really good. Tasha Steeles, she's she's basically known as a tag wrestler. She had the tag team with Kira Hogan. Now she's with Savannah Evans. And then Mickey and Tasha got was had an awesome match. Mickey got the win. At one point, Mickey legitimately kicked Sasha, or, yeah, kicked Tasha in the cooch. And flipped her off. 
I was like, what the fuck? Okay, why did she... Okay. That's a different one. But can't go wrong with a nice cooter kick. It was fucking random. Like, she just hauls off and just wham. And I'm like, alright, Mickey, like, what the fuck? Okay. But Mickey got the win. Really good match. Thanks to interference at one point, because Savannah Evans got involved. Chelsea Green got involved at one point, because I guess her and Mickey are besties right now. They knocked... Mickey had pushed Tasha into Chelsea off the ring apron, got the O'Connor roll on her with the bridge, got the three count, and then Tasha was just absolutely PO'd at the entire situation. Chelsea sitting there like... I'm, I'm guessing Chelsea's just trying to get on Mickey's good side. So she could eventually get the knockouts title again. They're probably doing the thing that, uh... Because when Chelsea Green and Mickey and them were released, um, Chelsea Green came out and was saying that in WWE, when she was on the main roster, mm -hmm. they were planning to... Well, she had this idea and <laughs> pitched it to Vince to make a storyline with her and Mickey the same way it was with Mickey and Trish. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, she's definitely looks like she's just trying to get on her good side. Yeah. So she can get to the knockouts title again. Okay, we'll see where we get from there. Moose and W. Morrissey was next. This was a hell of a freaking brawl. These two are really good. W. Morrissey is... Really fucking good, again, for a really tall guy. It's one of those exceptions of the big tall guy that everyone looks at and goes, but he's just the big tall lumbering giant. No, he's not. W. Morrissey is great right now, and especially in Impact. The fact that he got himself to a world title match. Just say those words over and over again, and you think, W. Morrissey, big cast. The only time he ever was close to a world title at any point in WWE, was the fatal four-way that Kevin Owens won. Other than that, hasn't come anywhere near a world title. And now he's aligned, he aligned himself with Moose. He was, him and Moose were just sidekick, pretty much. He was pretty much Moose's sidekick, just trying to keep himself close to the title. Moose decided to keep him close at the same time because, you know, keep your enemies closer thing. And... Morrissey got himself a title match, and these two beat the shit out of each other. It was really fucking good. Moose won with the spear, of course, because no jackhammer needed. Thank God. And then the main event, Honor No More. Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, PCO, Vincent, Kenny King with Maria. Team Impact, Chris Saban, Rhino, Rich Swan, Steve Macklin, and Eddie Edwards. It was... During some point at the night, there was commotion going on backstage. So the camera guy was just jets off. It was during an interview with Mickey and Chelsea and a, I guess, a country group that Mickey's friends with. They, they heard commotion. The camera guy ran off and came around the corner and Eddie Edwards was laid out. So we get the confirmation. Later on, we see a segment where... Swan walks up and goes, hey, Eddie Edwards has been confirmed that he hasn't been cleared to compete tonight. So, okay, what are we getting here? So Swan 
chooses Willie Mack, his best buddy Willie Mack. So they come up. So Willie Mack takes over Eddie Edwards because this was the whole thing of when Steve Macklin was first announced for the team, Eddie Edwards was questioning him like he didn't trust him, like his alliance to to the team because he's new. So is he really aligned with Impact at this point? And Macklin finally proved himself that he was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to stand by Impact. And then... We get the match with Eddie out, Willie's in, and then this match was fucking awesome. At one point, this is where the ending came into play. We had a ref bump. Macklin went to go nail, I believe it was Kenny King. He took out the referee. There was a giant spot where everybody was doing a dive over the top rope. Taven went over the top rope, and Swan went over the top rope, and PCO did a dive, and PCO did the dive on the ring apron. Vincent did a dive onto the ring apron, and everybody else is down. Rhino gets in the ring, and he's about to gore. I can't remember who it was at the time. He was trying to gore somebody. And it was Mike Bennett. And Maria got involved. So Maria gets in the ring. Stands in front of Mike Bennett. Matt Taven gets in the ring. He's standing there getting ready. The rest of them clear out Taven, in came Vincent as well. They chucked Vincent out. They chucked Taven out. Eddie Edwards literally comes out, hobbles his way out there, and grabs Maria by the hair. So he's standing there with the Ken, with Kenny, the kendo stick, ready to just throw Maria into freaking Rhino and just take out, have Rhino take her out. As Rhino runs in with the gore, whacks Rhino with the kendo stick, takes out the rest of everybody with the kendo stick, Honor No More gets the win. Eddie Edwards turns his back on Impact. He took the Impact symbol on his vest off, threw it down on the ground, dropped to his knees, did like the Bray Wyatt pose, and it's like, this is my family. And I'm like, it's like, this is us. And I'm like, what? I know Eddie Edwards was in Ring of Honor, but what? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's fucking shocking. Like, this right here, that ending has me wanting to watch Impact this week. Because I want to know what's going to happen with that. And I dig Sammy Callahan's fucking uh, tweet about it when it happened. What did he say? He goes, what the fuck? I, you guys called me the bad guy in this situation? I told you Eddie Edwards was the bad guy the entire time. And I'm like, <laughs> fucking Sammy Callahan, you are fucking wonderful right now with this. But this show was just leagues better. Like, it was the perfect way to end a pretty shitty day of terrible fucking all-star weekend ending with a terrible dunk contest, a terrible elimination chamber, and then we had this show, which just picked it up at the end. So, good on Impact. You got me interested. Maybe I'll watch you Thursday. So... But next, now it's time for, this is not probably going to be a positive part of the review at all. Maybe some points. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see what happens. Because there was, there was like, maybe two good things. (laughs) Out of a what? Eight match card, maybe? There was about two good things. (laughs) 
That doesn't equal very good odds, though, does it? No. Graham. No, it does not. Math it. Math it up, Graham, <laughs> please. But Elimination Chamber in Saudi Arabia. You know what? Before we do that, let's talk about the news that we heard. So, let's start with the, the good news here. The Undertaker going in the Hall of Fame. I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm going to cry like a fucking baby. Yeah. Two nights, I can feel it already. I can feel it. It's it's definitely, of course it's well-deserved. Yeah. And it, it makes me happy because not only is he going into the Hall of Fame, which he's fully deserving, mm-hmm. no matter what anybody could say that, oh, he... He, he ruined his legacy with his last couple matches. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but look at the way he ended it before he got before it got way out of hand. Yeah. It ended he, with a boneyard match he, with he did AJ not, Styles. He did not ruin his legacy whatsoever. No. But the thing that most makes me happy is thinking about all the times that... During WrestleMania, they have their fucking moment where they bring out all the fucking Hall of Famers, and it makes me happy to think that the that the Undertaker can do his full entrance mm-hmm. one more time in, in front, front of, of fans that are not digital screens. Yes, because I'm sorry, I loved the 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 send off in the Thunderdome. Yes, it got me emotional because again. It's The Undertaker pretty much saying this is it. Like, no more. Like, you're not going to see this Undertaker anymore. And that's, like, fucking... is crazy. Like, for we've gone a few years now still seeing The Undertaker. And now it's just like, now there's this is it. Now it's literally end of an era. Like, there's nobody left that's that big other than, like, Cena... And he's not even active. Yeah. The only person in that general area of, like, when we were growing up, yeah. was it. it's really only, like, Randy Orton and Rey Mysterio. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy to think of. Cena's doing Hollywood. Triple H is basically retired. Yeah, I... Shawn Michaels is gone. Taker is gone. Kane is a fucking mayor. Yeah. Like, the Attitude Era and... A lot of the stuff during, like, the Ruthless Aggression era is, like, gone. Batista's gone. Batista's in Hollywood. Fucking Jeff Hardy was just released, and even when he was here, he wasn't a fuck... He was a shell of himself. Yeah, it's not... It wasn't Jeff Hardy of old. We were never gonna see that Jeff Hardy. Oh, and also Edge. 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 Like, Edge is the only other exception. He's not active. He's semi-active. But he's, he's still technically in that... Yeah. So basically, there's three people in current day that are still around from when we were young kids, which mm-hmm. is Ray, Randy, and Edge. Yeah, and that's crazy to think of. Again, I've, I will never. My opinion has never changed when it comes to the greatest of all time. The Undertaker is the greatest of all time. It's The Undertaker. Like, it, my list never... My, my number one never changes. I can never tell you the rest of the list because it's so hard to pick. But I will always put Taker at one. Maybe we'll dedicate an episode about that. Yeah, that's tough. Because it's so tough to do, like, a top ten greatest of all time. 
But again, the good thing about that is, is nobody's is the same. Yeah. It's nobody's a, it's is the same. It's all subjective. It's all how the person connects to you. Yeah. I've, I mean, again, Taker to me has always been the greatest of all time. The, the, the length of time he had as a, in a career and all the freaking accolades up the wazoo and, and what, how much he's meant to the business. And that's the, that's the thing I think people forget about the undertaker is that they don't realize that the length of time he's actually dedicated to the WWE. They only look at the short amount of time that he was doing trash like yeah. the match with Shane, the match with Goldberg, the match with fucking the tag, Roman. The tag match in Saudi Arabia with Kane yep. against the DX. Brothers of Destruction versus DX match. They only remember the shit mm-hmm. of Taker, which is his mid-50s bad hip fucking yeah. sore back Taker. Terrified that a he's... fucking hip infusion. Terrified that something bad's gonna happen Taker, yeah. yeah. They only remember that. They don't remember the fucking... 20 plus straight WrestleMania matches yeah. that he won beforehand that were fran- fantastic with minus, minus Randy, the Giant Gonzalez match. Well, yeah, besides Giant <laughs> Gonzalez. With, but the matches with Randy and Edge, the two matches with Sean, the two matches with Triple well, the, the three, three matches, matches with, with Triple H. H, the match with Batista, even the fucking the squash match with John Cena. Yeah, that was the perfect thing to do was have that squash match. And even the, even, not even bringing up the WrestleMania matches either. There were so many other Undertaker matches that are so much better. Yeah. That people just completely forget and just throw aside because he had some bad matches in the latter half of his career when he's fucking 53 years old. Exactly. It's just, the man is getting a perfect, he had a perfect send off. The match well, with AJ. Well, the match was a perfect send-off. That's what I'm saying. The match with AJ is a perfect send-off. The fact that the send-off itself had to happen in front of digital fucking fans, it it sucked. Yes. Yeah. It was just... It was, it was the right place at the wrong time. Yes. The fact that his 30-year anniversary of debuting at Summer, or Survivor Series had to be in the middle of a fucking global pandemic yeah where wwe was in a studio or not a studio a fucking a a, private arena filled with digital screens it's just awful timing yeah it's it, it sucked it was as much as it got me emotional because again it's the undertaker i uh, seeing him leaving is fucking it hurts i love the undertaker like it's so hard to see him leave yeah, it it hurts to it hurt to see him go. Yeah. As much as I, I, I accepted after, I would say, the I would say the tag team match with Roman, when he teamed with Roman and fought Drew and Shane. Shane. That was great. That match, I accepted, one of these matches has to be Taker's final. Yes. And then he had the match with AJ. I was like, that's fine. Call it there. It's the one match that we've actually stood up and applauded. Was yeah. the was the boneyard match because it was just fucking perfect. It and felt then, like. and then he they announced the the send off, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I get it, I get that he wants a send off, and really it was a it was a great send off. Don't get me wrong, but it just is not the same yeah, no. without the crowd. No, without the fans, it's nothing. No, you need to. 
have him like when he goes in the Hall of Fame, he needs to come out. I don't full entrance. I don't everything. care if you're dedicating fucking thirty five minutes to this fucking man. I don't care. Have either. the rest of the cr- class come out in their fucking suits, and then you sit there, and then you do the full fucking taker entrance. Yep. Ran all the way down in the ring. Stands in the ring. He can cut a fucking promo if he wants to as his final goodbye. If he you... could just stand there in the fucking ring and do like he did at WrestleMania, where he took the gloves off, took the hat off, takes the jacket Shit, off. If you if you even want to, if you are really dead set on it being a fucking Hall of Fame, like here's the Hall of Fame inductees this mm-hmm. year. Don't even make him wear the gloves. Have him have him wear no gloves. Mm-hmm. Come down to the ring. Have him wear the fucking ring. Yes. And then he could do his fucking, the pose thing that he does. Yeah. And then have him fucking flaunt off the ring in the ring. Right? In the ring. the Flaunt off the ring in the ring. That is a bitch to fucking say. That's a sentence and a half. Just have him go back up the ramp, do the fist raise thing, and well, the crowd's chanting, thank you, Taker. We're all sitting there with fucking tissue boxes in our hands, crying our eyes out. He, he fucking deserves... Yes. Uh, actual send-off yes. that isn't around by fucking goddamn fucking television screens yeah. and piped-in crowd noises. Yeah. The fucking terrible piped-in crowd noise. God, I'm so glad we're over that shit. Imagine him fucking standing inside of that goddamn Thunderdome. Listening to a piped-in thank to you, Taker. Thank you, Taker. Yeah. Clap, fucking... clap, clap, clap. That's. I still feel bad for Stone Cold, though. Also, on 316 day, goes to Raw in front of nobody. Yeah. That but he fucking made, he made the most sucked. Of he made, it wasn't even a Thunderdome then. Yeah, that was a fucking performance center. But still, that's fucking sad. It felt so fucking awkward <laughs> to listen to Stone Cold try to fucking talk to us. And literally, just nothing it was just fucking surreal. It, it was like a fucking bad dream. Yeah. But fucking well-deserved to The Undertaker. Like, I cannot... I'm not going to be able to handle this. I'm telling you. I'm going to need to buy four boxes of tissues to be ready for this shit. And I know we brought it up... I brought it up to you shortly, like, briefly before. Mm-hmm. And you were quick to answer. But I don't think this is really, like, a quick answer thing. Like, yeah. who is inducting Undertaker? I, I'm telling you, it's got to be Kane. You I'm say t- it's got to be Kane, and I agree to an extent. But there are so many it other is tough. people it is who tough. could also induct the Undertaker. Like you said, there could be Kane. You could have potentially the greatest match of all time. You could have Sean induct him. You could have fucking Mick Foley induct him. You can have him. Triple H You can have him. Triple H induct him. You can have fucking Vince. I yeah. was about to say, you could have Vince induct him. <laughs> You can have literally five or six different fucking people induct the I don't know if I can handle listening to Vince try to spurt through a fucking speech the entire time with his fucking dead voice, with his fucking... The Undertaker has been one of the greatest things ever. My creation. Yeah. The greatest thing to ever happen to WWE in 30 plus years. I'd be like, I can't do this. I can't handle him talking for this long. It's too much. The motherfucker sounds like a frog about to croak. And I mean literally croak. Imagine hearing Vince McMahon go, Ribbit. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't Ribbit. do it. I'm a 
Frog. I, I couldn't. There's no way. Kermit the Frog here. Yeah. <laughs> Muppets don't get any ideas of having Vince McMahon voice Kermit at any fucking time. <laughs> Swear to God. Muppet, Hi-ho, Kermit Muppet, the Frog. Muppet Mania. <laughs> God damn it. Nope. Nope. Don't listen to this. La la. <laughs> but the other thing we wanted to talk about was the since we were talking about Stone Cold, Stone yeah, Cold, yeah, was the Stone Cold announcement that WWE's trying to get him back, and it's pretty much been confirmed that it's going to happen. With a lot of air quotes on that "going to happen" thing, that they're going to drag Stone Cold out of retirement <laughs> to have a match with Kevin Owens. We have very differing opinions. Yes, that. listen. Kevin Owens is fucking great. I love Kevin Owens. But I don't see the point of dragging Stone Cold out of fucking retirement for a match with Kevin Owens. That is not... If if Stone Cold is going to come out of retirement, it has to be a bigger match than that. It cannot be a fucking five-minute... 10 minute or 5 minute fucking or less match with Kevin Owens. It cannot. That is fucking an awful decision. Like absolutely awful. There is no need to bring Stone Cold back. It's WrestleMania. Yes, you're not doing a great job at selling people on WrestleMania this year. There's a lot of shit right now that's making you look at WrestleMania and go fuck that. Fuck that but again it's stone cold why do you need to bring stone cold back like again it's texas too like come on that's the main reason you're gonna start a fucking stone cold and fucking kevin owens feud that's gonna lead to a fucking what three four minute match at wrestlemania because oh kevin owens talks shit about texas how dare I I have to put on my, my beer-laden freaking armor and go in there and protect Texas? What? Like, no, come on. I, I completely understand your opinion about it. My opinion, like I said, is completely different. If this match happens, it hurts no one. Yeah, but... It hurts no one to have this match. If Kevin Owens loses to Stone Cold Steve Austin, it doesn't fucking hurt Kevin Owens. It's it's actually helping him more to even be in the ring with Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's just... But I understand that the the motive for this match is... is basically non-existent. It's god-awful. If it's the reason, if it's literally a reason because Kevin Owens talks shit about Texas and Stone Cold's gotta put on his Budweiser fucking Bushlight fucking can-made armor and fucking go, I'm coming to protect Texas, what? And that's it? Like, come on, man. Yeah, the, the, the point of the match is basically non-existent the fact that you're just like, yeah, Kevin Owens is making fun of Texas. Guess we gotta get this Texas guy out here. Why are we literally? Why are we literally turning this match into SpongeBob? 
it's literally SpongeBob and Patrick making fun of Texas, and fucking Stone Cold is Sandy. What the fuck? No! Hey, Patrick, what am I? Stupid. No, I'm Texas. What's, What's the, the difference? difference? Like, if Kevin Owens goes down that route and says anything like that with somebody else, if he's talking to Seth Rollins and brings up Texas and it fucking quotes Spongebob, we're gonna have problems. And it's, like you said, it's, it's like sort of confirmed, and especially since they're like teasing it on TV now, because... <sighs> Fucking Kevin Owens made fun of Texas on TV, and it's 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 basically fucking like they're hinting towards it. Oh God! And all I have to say is that if Stone Cold is up for it, and he is healthy, and he is active enough to do at least like a ten minute match, we if think of it this way, put yourself in the shoes of someone who like put. Put yourself in my shoes. I don't want to see a two-minute match between Kevin Owens and Stone Cold. But if if Stone Cold is active enough and healthy enough and his fucking neck is fine, his legs and fucking whatever else is fine, you're telling me a semi-competitive, like, 10 to 12-minute match... Between Stone Cold and Steve Austin, Stone Cold and Kevin Owens, wouldn't be fun. I just I don't care if Stone Cold is fucking fifty-seven or whatever he is. I I don't care if he is actually still able to go and fully healthy and has no fucking neck problems and no problems whatsoever. I see no problem in it. See, I just don't. He lost. He had a he had a match against. The one guy who he's had a fucking phenomenal feud with for years in The Rock. Yeah, but if you think about it, that match at 19, it if you think about it, it really wasn't his decision to retire. Well, maybe it was, though. I wouldn't just say I don't it's think WWE's. It was. I even think it was his. I think no, it was I his. I don't think it was WWE's either. He had to retire. His neck was fucked. And that should be enough to say, that's it. I don't need to go back. I had a fucking phenomenal match with one of my best friends and one of my best rivals. That's enough. I got. I finally had him beat me at WrestleMania, where our feuds have freaking been amazing. I've beaten him twice. Technically, I win the feud anyway, but he gets the last laugh, and I get to freaking go out. The way I would want to, you know, losing and making it, you know, it just doesn't fucking, there's no reason to bring Stone Cold back. It just doesn't make I mean, sense to me. I mean, there is, sure, there is no reason, but it, it's or not Or should I say even... in an active competitor freaking state for a night? If he, wants to, if he wants to come out at WrestleMania, cut a promo, do his normal Stone Cold stuff, somebody gets hit with a stunner... That's it. That's fine. You know, he doesn't have to be like, oh, I got the I got the shorts on, I'm ready to fight, you know? Like, like don't get me wrong. On all accords, I'll, I'm still going to be worried. Because I still remember at WrestleMania, I think it was 32, I think it was. Where the fucking, it was the New Day 
versus the League of Nations. The mm-hmm. fucking League of Nations beat the New Day, and then fucking, that's when Mick Foley, Shawn Michaels, and Stone Cold came down. They beat the shit out of the League of Nations, and they were fucked. Then they started dancing with the New Day, and mm-hmm. they fucked. And then Stone Cold hit the fucking stunner on Xavier Woods. And then after the show, it was reported that he fucking fucked up his tailbone or his hip or something on the stunner. I'm there. There will be so much worry. Don't get me wrong. As much as I am fucking so down, I don't care what anybody says. If this match happens, I'm gonna be happy to see it because. Stone Cold's one of my favorite of all time. Kevin Owens is currently my favorite. No matter what anybody says, I'm going to be happy to see it. But there's still going to be worry in my fucking body, and my soul, that Stone Cold is going to hurt himself. Especially if fucking five years ago he hit a stunner on Xavier Woods and fucked up his tailbone. Yeah, just... just... Like, I'm going to be worried that he's going to hurt himself... But if he really thinks, deep down inside, that he is able to fucking do at least a 10-minute match, at the least, I'm not going to tell him no. See, I'm just still not crazy for it. Like, there's so many people that I see that are so freaking amped for it, and I just feel like I might be the only one sitting on the sidelines just going, yeah, I'm just not for it. I just don't really i don't see a reason i don't see a purpose i don't see other than just bringing a big name back and that's it and that fucking is not really something i really care about like at the end of the day for the people like you that if there's anyone out there who is still tentative or against stone cold coming back at the end of the day to wwe and to Stone Cold, nobody's opinion matters. Pretty much. If there's anything that proves to you that it's their decision and a big outlier to their decision is money, it's Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Shawn Michaels said he would never come back. Yeah. And then he had a match in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. That he... I'd like to bring up, he carried that match. Yes. Shawn Michaels carried that tag team match. But even he couldn't save that tag he, match. That, that match, match was, was a disaster. That match was a fucking absolute slow-burning fire waiting to just turn into a fucking inferno at the time. Yeah, it that was match so... was a fucking disaster. But Shawn Michaels, for a, a blink-and-you-miss-it moment, was Shawn Michaels of somewhat old. Yes. Think of the possibility of Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania against Kevin Owens in a blinking you miss it moment being the Stone Cold of old. It's just, it's such a fucking weird situation. Because you don't want to see it happen, but it's Stone Cold. But how could you say no to Stone Cold? That's what I'm saying. It's one of those... Imagine if it was his idea. Imagine if he went to Vince... And was like, hey, old Vinny boy, I want a match at WrestleMania. And Vince is like, are you serious? Oh, oh, I better, I better find you a good opponent. Uh, Kevin, you just signed a new contract. Here's your prize. A match with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, What do you think, Kevin? (laughs) uh, 
it's just, it's one of those fucking situations where it's like, again, you don't really want to see it, but it's stone cold. Like, you love stone cold, and it's one of those fucking things where it's just, I feel like even if it does happen, I'm gonna toy the fence with it, no matter what. I'm gonna be on the edge of the fence, no matter which way it is, because I just, it, it's such a fucking bizarre thing. Like, it doesn't feel like it's needed, but it's happened, but it could happen. And that's just like, yeah, it's cool to see Stone Cold, but what's the fucking purpose here? Like, it's one of those back and forth. It's literally a scale. You're just, it just weighs either way at this point. Like, I guess we're just going to have to see what happens at this point, because I really don't. And it could be, imagine, like, the build for it could actually be pretty cool. They don't even have to bring Stone Cold to Raw multiple times. They could just be like, uh, fucking Kevin Owens could just be fucking talking shit about fucking Texas. I know that's a fucking lame-ass fucking build. Yeah. But Kevin Owens could just keep fucking talking shit about Texas and fucking Texan-like things. Like, oh, did you know the Houston, Texas suck cock? Yeah. And then shit like that. And then fucking Adam Pierce could walk up and be like, i just like to let you know that at WrestleMania... You have a match booked. We're not going to say who, but he is a homegrown Texas native. Native. Don't say anything. Just say that. It's a homegrown Texas native. Kevin Owens comes out to the ring. He's waiting for his opponent. Glass shatter. Oh, God. It's still just... The pop in fucking Texas for the glass shatter. I mean, sure... At this point, it would basically been fucking spoiled at this point. Yeah. Because dirt sheets, WWE not fucking hiding it during their goddamn fucking yeah. video packages where they're hyping up WrestleMania and they show all these fucking current day fucking films and then one word pops up, marvelous, and they show The Rock and Stone Cold. The one fucking throwback picture yeah. they show is The Rock and Stone Cold. <laughs> Thanks, WWE. Thanks for fucking not being inconspicuous at all. It's just, again, I'm going to be on the fence on this no matter what. It's so hard to sway it, even though I want to sway it because it's stone cold, but I don't want to sway it because it just doesn't feel necessary. And that's just kind of where I want to leave it with that because it's such a fucking weird and yes no kind of situation right yeah now. like I, what... i'm leaning so i'm leaning like halfway for i'm for it but that doesn't mean i can i'm just gonna ignore the fact that the build for it is stupid because mm-hmm. kevin owens making fun of texas shouldn't make fucking stone cold fucking Blood jimmy's muscle right like come on and I'm on the complete opposite side. I'm on the whole, I just don't want to see it happen mostly. But I want to lean on the other side for like a little bit to see if I'm going to want it. But I don't really want it at all. It's a fucking weird situation. It's a weird idea. And if it happens, I just, I just don't know. We'll have to see. Or even imagine, imagine fucking Kevin Owens fucking talking shit about Texas in the middle of the ring. And Stone Cold does come out one night. Just randomly, not even announced, just comes out one night. And then Kevin Owens is in the ring with his fucking, his beautiful sense of humor. Just keeps fucking trying to like, 
<laughs> Soften up fucking Stone Cold, trying to fucking butter his biscuits. Fucking no, butter his parsnips. Oh, sorry, butter his parsnips. Thanks, Chad Crapple and Chew Pops for that one. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> He's trying to fucking butter his parsnips in the middle of the fucking ring, and Stone Cold's just like, "Hey, you make fun of Texas? I'm fucking. I can't even. I can still. To... Just remember, boy, I can still open up a can of whip ass on you anytime I want." If you want to see me open a can of whoop ass on Kevin Owens at WrestleMania, give me hell yeah! Crowd just fucking erupts. Like, again, it's one of those, like, it. you want to see Stone Cold, but do you really want to see him wrestle situation? It's just, again, it's a very yes Drop no. you on a stack of dimes, you <laughs> call Nick! Yeah! <laughs> it's just, it, it's, a, it's a yes no situation, and that's what we're just going to have to just go with at this point because i really don't know what else to really say about it anymore it's just it's a yes no and that's it so now we could jump into elimination chamber where it's probably going to be a lot right yeah that's why we're on yeah that's why we're recording (laughs) yeah right (laughs) anyway they moved this the Rey mysterio miz match to the pre-show where it fucking belonged because this is stupid a dumb fucking feud it's literally just miz attacking having a match with Ray because Miz says you have a shitty kid like like who gives your a f- kid sucks yeah big fucking deal all right this is fucking dumb should we just talk about the fucking backstage segment now uh, let's wait till we get there um this was really dumb because Ray had this moment where Dom got involved and Miz had grabbed a chair and Dom literally intervened and grabbed the chair and went to pull it. And as soon as he pulled it away from Miz, Miz fell backwards into the steps. So the ref sees, heard the contact and Miz is selling it and he throws Dom out because he's like, oh, he's like, you're not supposed to be getting involved. And he went to throw the match out. But then he was like, no, no, no. So he threw Dom out. So Dom was gone. Miz went to take advantage because Ray's looking away. Ref is still, like trying to tell Ray, I'm, I can't, there's nothing else I can do. I'm kicking him out. So Dom's going up the ramp. Miz tries to get the skull crushing finale in. And as soon as he gets the skull crushing finale attempt on, Ray jumps up, hits a victory roll and gets the win anyway. <clears throat> so Miz is fucking lame because he can't even fucking win a match because even with a distraction kicked out, pulling at fucking Eddie. Yeah. It's just... This match was just fucking stupid. It was not even... It was not needed. This show didn't need a Miz Rey Mysterio match because well, your kid sucks. Like, I don't fucking care. Like, I'm not a Miz fan. I like Rey a lot, and I like Dominic. I know a lot of people don't like Dom. I know a lot of people are starting to turn off on Dom. And this whole... The talk that they've had, we've seen over the freaking months of them having a Dom and Ray WrestleMania match, but it's like, is it even going to happen at this point? Yeah, it doesn't like, seem literally, like that's happening at this point. Nothing's happening. It's just, it's still Ray protecting Dom, Ray getting involved with Dom. Like the thing with Dom is that when he first debuted, he was impressive. For someone who's having his first couple matches. And that was 
and mainly then because just, of Seth, if you think about it. Yeah. Seth was one of those main contributing factors as to why Dom looked as good as he did. I mean, because he, I would never throw expect someone who hasn't had a match before get thrown into a match and then look really good like that. Because that had to have Seth had to have some kind of involvement in that. I mean, sure. But for someone who had his first couple matches and was still looking good, you have to admit that since them since them Dom has either regressed a little bit or he just hasn't improved at all. I mean, he does feel like he's hit a wall. He's not getting any better, but he's not really getting that much worse. Like, And I hate to say it, I think the like halting of his improvement is sort of in tune with his involvement with his dad. I mean, I get why like people he, don't he like him. He like, feels like he... I feel like he may think inside of his brain... That since he's working with his dad, that's enough fucking, like, mentorship to, like, improve his abilities. Yeah. But that's that's not how things work. So we say that... You can't just sit in a room and... Sit in a room with fucking your parents and have them not say anything and learn things. So are we saying, like, Dom has, like, that mentality of just, my dad is Rey Mysterio. Like, doesn't that mean I'm good enough already kind of thing? Like I don't know if it's I don't know if it's like that, but it's more like my father is Rey Mysterio and I'm working with my father, so I don't need to hone my abilities. That's what I'm saying. I thought there was a time when I said that I think Dom needs to go on his own. He needs to go out there and he needs to freaking do it himself at this point. There's no more Ray backing him up. He needs to go out and do this himself. Show that he can get better, and he doesn't need to just have his dad with him all the time. And that is why this Ray Dom like feud needs to happen at WrestleMania. Like something, like Dom needs a breakout moment to fucking get back in the eyes of like people wanting to see him. You know, a lot of people have been freaking saying they don't want to see Dom anymore. Like, yeah, but unfortunately, by all accords, it uh. It's not looking like that's going to happen. Yeah, no. And that was a perfect timing to do it. Again, I feel like WWE's missing the opportunities to to actually start this. They're not... It's like they're afraid to do it. And I don't know why. They're, they're waiting too long. They're, yeah. They're adding too much, like... It's like they're... Like I said, I feel like they're afraid to do it. And I don't get why they are. They're adding... They're just adding too much fuel to the fire. Like, if, if you make this match at WrestleMania, Ray can make his son look good. Dom can look good and still freaking get back in the eyes of people, in the good eyes of people. Like, but you're just waiting. It's just too much hesitation. It's like, do we do it now? No, 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 no. We'll keep them together. No, do we do it now? No, 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 no. Because you had the fucking time where Dom was losing matches up the wazoo. And he was getting fucking fear. He was getting frustrated. And it looked at the point where that was going to be it. And... They fucking missed the opportunity on it because they were just, no, 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 he's fine. He's starting to win matches again. Look at that. We don't have to break them up. Like, I get it. It sucks because, again, you're breaking up a tag team, which you could use in a tag division that has nothing. Barely. But it's a feud that kind of needs to happen at this point because it's fucking getting, like, it's waiting too long at this point. But after the match... Miz took a cheap shot, 
Dom ran in for the save. They hit the double 619. They both hit frog splashes, and that was it. So, again, it was a pre-show match. It was whatever it was at this point. So, we got the intro video, and then the first match. This was fucking weird. WWE had the, a fucking, we're absolutely discombobulated that night. They were talking about, at one point during the kickoff show, before the freaking Ray and uh, Miz match, they were talking about that Reigns and Goldberg was going to be the main event at the time. But Reigns and Goldberg started the fucking show. So, this was fucking bizarre. I'm like, didn't you say that was the main event? And people were saying, they confirmed that this was the main event. But it started the show, and I'm like, okay, first off, can you make up your fucking mind here? Like, is this going to be our main event? Is this our first match? Is this going to be in the middle of the card? Is this just not going to happen? Like, what the fuck's well, not to mention, here? they did that at least fucking three or four they times. They fucked up a lot the show. this show, like, especially when it came to the Elimination Chambers. We'll talk about that when we get there. But this match, fucking boring as shit. I mean, it was just... It was basically everything it needed to be. It was. Yeah. It just wasn't intriguing. It was literally the pure definition of just get this shit over with. And that was literally it. It was fucking, what, six minutes? Their entrances were longer than the fucking match itself. Mm-hmm. The fucking time they, stuck, they took to stand in the ring and just look around and look at each other was longer than the fucking match itself. Like, this was such a fucking waste. This match felt like a waste. Like, you didn't even need to have Reigns on this show at this point. But you just had to get Goldberg on the show, so you were like, just make him face Roman. Fucking waste. Literally. Roman literally threw a Superman punch. I don't think he hit... He didn't hit a fucking spear at all in this match. Literally hit a Superman punch on Goldberg at one point. Put him in the fucking guillotine. Goldberg tried to power out of it. Reigns just kept putting the guillotine on tighter, and eventually Goldberg passed out, and that was it. It was literally just over in a flash. I'm like, I mean, you know what? It was everything it needed to be. It just wasn't intriguing. Yeah, no, it wasn't. A match that you that WWE tried to hype up as, look at all the so many years in the making. You know, this match was supposed to happen last year, or two years ago. Okay, cool. So the people that actually wanted to see the match got to see a fucking match that went longer than they could probably take a shit. And now like, Roman has beaten every. Universal champion. Yeah. There has been. And it's not, I mean, it's not like Roman was going to lose anyway. Come on. There was no fucking reason. The funny thing was, I don't know if you saw, but uh, <laughs> on on Twitter, somebody tweeted out and brought up the fact that if Roman beat, or now that Go- Roman beat Goldberg, he beat every Universal champion that there has been. Mm-hmm. He beat Brock, he beat Goldberg, he beat Kevin, he beat fucking Bray, he beat Braun, he beat uh, Seth. He beat them all. Yeah. Wyndham, a.k.a. Bray, responded to the tweet yeah. and goes, take my name off this shit. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, boy, he was not happy about that one. But... And that's the man that people think is going to come back to WWE. And that's the man they also think is going to go to AEW, which he doesn't fucking fit there. Yeah. But this was, again, 
waste of a match, but it had the right ending in the end. And it luckily didn't go long because Goldberg at one point had the fucking little bit of blood on his head and I got concerned. I was like, oh no, don't tell me he's going to start bleeding. I was like, because at that point, Roman's in trouble. Yeah. Not Goldberg's in trouble. Roman's in trouble. Because if the Undertaker match is something to go off of, which I will never go back and watch again, that's a fucking bad sign when Goldberg starts bleeding. Like, but again, waste of a match, but had the right ending. And it was, there's no way it wasn't going to be that ending. Honestly, again, Goldberg winning would have made zero fucking sense. Nothing. Just no sense at all. So, we got the chamber match was next. The women's chamber. So, for me, I'm going to start with this. Alexa Bliss being announced as the sixth entrant. Kind of just lackluster to me. The fact that all these segments were for her to come back and go, hey, I'm going to be in the Elimination Chamber. Like, WWE hyped the fuck out of this as it was going to be some big sixth entrant. And it was just Alexa Bliss coming back. I mean, to be... Like, if we're being honest with you, the whole segments were fucking pointless to begin with. Because everyone thought the segments were to get Alexa Bliss out of the creepy fucking little child character yeah but clearly when she came out she's still the creepy little child yeah so what the fuck were the points of the therapy yeah it didn't that was someone someone talked about that and i'm like yeah you're kind of right because i don't the point and but again i don't want to see goddess i'm not a fan of goddess bliss i don't care like that's just a fucking excuse for people to look at her and go, boy, oh boy, it's Alexa Bliss. Like, who gives a shit? Literally. She was part of the blonde, she was part of the blonde brigade for a reason, guys. Like, now she's not fucking just all eye candy, you know? Fucking, I dig this character more than I like fucking Goddess Bliss, you know? But the way they freaking announced her as the sixth entrant... All that therapy session for it to not only be fucking pointless because you didn't actually do what you said you were going to do, and it was just for her to go, I'm going to be in the chamber. I There's an open spot in there. I'm just going to go in. And I'm like... And can we also bring up the <sighs> fact... They also did this in the men's rumble. Or yeah. Not rumble, chamber. Are we talking about the weird... Yeah, they, they had, formation? They had yeah. Bianca come out. They had Rhea come out. And then they had uh, Dewdrop come out. They, they they got in the three pods, mm-hmm. and then Nikki came out, and I was like, okay, so it's Alexa and Liv starting the match. But then Nikki stayed in the ring, and then Liv came out. I was like, okay, so then it's Alexa and Nikki starting the match. Then Liv stayed in the ring. I was like, oh, okay, then yeah. what, is Alexa just going to pop up in the pod, or like, what are we doing? Yeah. And then Alexa came out, and then got in the last pod. I was like... Yeah, what fucking what? sense did that make? Was that really that big of a fucking deal? Because, oh, look at, she's the sixth entrant. It's such a big fucking deal. Like, And then they did that for the men's chamber as well. Yeah. Fucking Lashley, Riddle, and uh, AJ. Styles got in their pod. Mm-hmm. Then Rollins and Theory came out, stood in the ring, and then Brock came out and got in the last pod. Yeah, that was just fucking stupid. It was so fucking stupid. 
Like, it, the, the way they fucking handled this show was dumb. Like, they fucking really fucked up how the way they did this shit. With the, with the whole announcing that this was going to be the main event, but that started the show. This was going to be here, but that wasn't. It was right here, and it was like, oh, these entrants came out, and then the sixth entrant comes out when the freaking two people that are starting the match are in the ring, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? What fuck sense does this make? Like, but the women's chamber. No more contender for Becky's women's title at WrestleMania. Like, this The, the was, match itself wasn't bad. The match itself was fucking great. It was good. This match was really fucking good. But of course, it was predictable. We wanted... Listen, I knew it was going to be Bianca. I kept saying it. Everyone Bianca. Knew it yeah, everyone knew it was going to be Bianca. But there was that one hope that Liv Morgan was going to win. Because that's who I really actually wanted to win. I did. I get it. Bianca needs to get revenge for the 26 seconds at SummerSlam. I understand. But you technically fucking did that on a dark segment after the show went off the air when the freaking Lita-Becky Lynch interaction happened. You had Bianca beat her in 12 seconds on a dark segment that was fucking videoed by somebody in the fucking crowd. So technically, if you saw the video, you know it happened already. And plus, Bianca's already had a WrestleMania moment. Let's give somebody fucking different a WrestleMania moment, like Liv Morgan, you know? Yeah, Bianca... The only fucking WrestleMania moment I'm pretty sure she had was last year's, with the fucking Riot Squad tag team title thing. Yeah. Like, that's not even that big of a fucking deal, because nobody gave a fuck about that match. I don't give a fuck. And the thing about Bianca is that, like, don't get me wrong. She's great. Yeah. And it was obvious, like we said from the start, that Bianca was winning. Yeah. But if Bianca was winning, wouldn't it have impacted more if she was not sixth? Yeah, that made it even worse. Like, the fact that she won was deflating. It was like, deflating enough. You're telling me we're supposed to feel elated and, like, overjoyous for Bianca right? Belair winning the Elimination Chamber, being the last person yeah. out in the chamber, being the literally the most fucking healthy and yeah. fucking not-winded fucking person in the match. Everyone else has been wrestling the entire time. Yeah. That made that was the one thing. Yeah, she won the gauntlet match. But you know what should have happened? Rhea should have won the gauntlet match. Why would you? Yeah, why would you not have someone else win the gauntlet? Rhea should have won the gauntlet, and Bianca should have started the match. It would have made more sense if you wanted. If you were gonna make it feel like more fucking like big that Bianca won, she should have started the match. There was no other option. You couldn't have put her in as a third entrant pod or nothing else. She needed to start that match to make it feel like it was fucking actually something big. But not only the fact that just because it was super fucking predictable and the fact that she's already had a WrestleMania moment fucking deflated it enough, the fact that you had her enter sixth and win deflated it even more to me. That's like if someone was like really super obvious to like like Batista that one year. Yeah. It was really obvious to win the Royal Rumble in like twenty fourteen or fifteen, yeah. I think it was. 
Or no, it was 14. He comes out at 30. Yeah. And wins it. Yeah. Like, how are we supposed to be excited about that? Yeah. Or just... fucking this year. or it com- Compared to this year with Brock. Yeah. Brock comes out at 30. It's not fucking exciting. Yeah, not only is it freaking obvious at that point that nobody's eliminating Brock Lesnar. Like... It was obvious from fucking, like, ten weeks ago that the match was Bianca and Becky at Mania. Yeah. There was, again, no fucking point in this chamber. It was obvious before Rumble. Yeah. Like, this chamber match, again, like, this is what I think chamber matches should be, is a number one contender. But when it's fucking obvious and you've been telling the story, you didn't need this. Charlotte should have had a fucking championship match to see if she was actually going to make it to WrestleMania. Well, to be fair, this match still could have been a thing. But it was just constructed all wrong. Yeah, it was poorly executed, honestly. And again, I like Bianca. I really do. But again, her getting another WrestleMania moment just feels deflating to me. I saw some this comparison. And I agree... I, I disagree to, like... At this current state, I disagree. Okay. But with the way that it's proje- projecting, I could... I Hopefully, I don't see it happening, but I could see it happening. Uh-huh. Somebody compared Bianca Belair's first two years on the main roster to the worst of Roman. Oh, God. Can we not... Because Roman main evented back-to-back WrestleManias. Oh, God. And was pushed to title matches whenever he needed. (sighs) That's a little... I don't agree that Bianca is at that state yet. Like, sure, she's basically main eventing two WrestleManias in a row now. Well, she's not main eventing. I don't care what anyone says. She's not main eventing. No matter what. The two Rumble winners should main event. Yes, it's obvious. As much as nobody gives a fuck about Charlotte and Ronda, Charlotte and Ronda's main eventing. That's it. It's yeah. a, They won the Rumble. It's obvious. But now this is back-to-back WrestleManias with Bianca Belair in a women's title match. Yeah, and that's a scary thought, actually, it's, because I love Bianca. This, it's definitely something to keep your eye on. Yeah, like, I love Bianca, but they better not get carried away and push her like Roman. Because if she gets just constantly interjected into title matches because, well, it's Bianca Belair, you know, we're really high on Bianca Belair. Like, that's going to be an issue. She's going to get stale really fast. Like, too much. To me, she's already stale. (sighs) Like, I, I can admit that she's fucking great. But that doesn't mean I have to fucking enjoy her at every moment. Like, everyone's talked about that she didn't get the title match immediately, and that technically she earned this title match. And I understand that, because she did. But it still feels fucking deflating. It's WrestleMania. It's supposed to be somebody having a defining moment, not somebody who's already had a defining moment getting another defining moment. And not to mention, WrestleMania is also supposed to be like, you worked your hardest to get here. Yes. Working... Fucking entering the Elimination Chamber 6th in a fucking match that everyone knew you were going to win since before fucking Rumble is not, like, overcoming the odds or fucking 
working your ass off to get there. Yeah. You were basically just put in a fucking, like, waste your time feud with Dewdrop so they could fucking hold you off till Mania. The thing that sucks about that feud is it started off really well. Honestly, their first match, I will say this, their first match was their best match. Everything from there was fucking pointless. Mm-hmm. Bianca won the last two. The first one ends in a fucking countout. You had the best match end in a shit finish, while the other two were so lackluster that they got an actual finish. It was fucking disappointing. Completely fucking disappointing. And again, I love Bianca, but they need to be careful with what they're doing here. Because too much of Bianca, and she reaches Roman levels of old, it's going to be a problem. But again, this felt flat. This felt deflating. Like, I, even though it was obvious, it still felt deflating. Because you could, you had some hope. And it just wasn't going to be that way. Because, again, she's already had her moment. She beat Sasha in a main event. That was fucking hyped to the fucking brim with a terrible build. and But it deserved to main event. Because Bianca won the Royal Rumble, A. And the fact that it was two black women main eventing WrestleMania. It was worth it. Yeah. That for that moment. The two of them fucking killed it at Mania. But having her do it again and freaking just get another title match. Because... The 26 seconds is that big of a fucking deal when somebody who hasn't had a big WrestleMania moment deserves to have a WrestleMania moment and has been busting her ass and Liv Morgan, you know, should be in there. Ray Ripley has been on a fucking decline on the main roster since coming here. But she's even been... I could... I'm a... I'm one of the biggest fucking Ray Ripley fans. Yeah. You could admit. Yes. I'm one of the biggest Ray Ripley fans. But she had her mania moment. Yes. She beat Oscar. That's big enough on her debut on the main roster, technically. So, that's big. Alexa's had all the moments. Yeah, she fucking had that shit with Nia. She's already had WrestleMania moments up the ass. She won money in the bank. She's doing all this shit Nikki, before that. Nikki like, and Dewdrop were basically here for fucking bodies. Nikki, I feel so bad for this fucking character is just dead now. And I was liking the Nikki Ash character. Nikki was eliminated before fucking Liv Morgan even got... Or not Liv Morgan. Fucking Dewdrop even got in the ring. Yes. It was just... Again, fucking great match. Absolutely freaking awesome match. Like, but just, again, deflating ending. And it got more deflated because of the position that Bianca was in in entering this match. So... We go on to what was next. You skipped a whole match, but I know, but yeah, it's probably the the worst one here. But Ronda Rousey and Naomi versus Charlotte and Sonya Deville. This fucking sucked. Yeah. This. So there was the talk about when we all saw the fucking terrible botch on SmackDown of Ronda trying to slam. Charlotte's face into the table and Charlotte had to make it the weakest looking thing ever because she's like, I gotta put my hands down and fall in slow motion and then I'll sell it like... 
And the worst part of it was when the show actually aired, they didn't edit it out. They didn't. They didn't attempt to make it look better. Nothing. They literally just changed the camera angle. They had it behind Charlotte. So it's like, well, you didn't see it now, did you? Bullshit. You saw how slow she goes down. Even from the back, you look at it and just go, now that looked fucking ridiculous. But this match gets even more fucking unwatchable. Because on that same segment, they announced that Ronda has to wrestle this match with one arm tied behind her back. A fucking god-awful stipulation to an already fucking terrible match. And then to add it all up, not only did they have to tie her arm behind her back to have her fucking be on the same level, quote-unquote, as Sonya. Sonya fucking tears the fucking sling off. Yeah, at the beginning of this match, she literally took the sling off. So it's like, whoa, cool. You, you, you tied Ronda Rousey's arm behind her back. But then, fucking deal. Here's the fucking then kicker. Then the worst thing. Her arm wasn't even tied behind her back. Yeah. It was be- to her side. At the beginning of the match, it was perfectly tied behind her back. But at one fucking moment, it wasn't even fucking, what, a minute or two into this match, and her fucking arm is at her side. It's just fucking restricted at that point. She can still use it. Like, come on. It was so fucking bad. Charlotte is fucking god-awful. Just everything she's involved with. Yes, there is just nothing. Fucking awful. Nothing. I do not get anybody that calls her the greatest woman's wrestler today. At all. You need fucking glasses... You need contact lenses. You need new fucking eyeballs. If you fucking look at Charlotte and say she's the greatest fucking women's wrestler today. Maybe like four years ago when she actually gave a shit. Like, I... There's people that I don't like. And there's people that I know that do like them. And I have zero issue with them. But Charlotte is one person that I do not get how anybody likes. At all. She ruins matches. This was fucking awful. She looked like a fucking Twizzler. In their fucking all plain red jumpsuit looking thing. (laughs) It was fucking ridiculous. What was the the other thing she was compared to? Gossamer. (laughs) Thanks, Ryan. What the fuck? I couldn't get that fucking sight out of my head. Someone compared her to fucking Freakazoid. I was like, Jesus Christ, These all these freaking comparisons are spot on. She looked fucking ridiculous. Sonya is fucking gotten awful. as Just as herself. Her being out of the ring was probably one of the dumbest decisions you could have done. A woman who was, during the pandemic era, so good that everybody was fucking clamoring together to say that she should win the women's title and that she got taken off of tv because of that fucking absolute jackass stalker of hers which i hope that dude is in jail and i hope he rots in there the dude can go fuck himself she comes back and the first thing that you pretty much do is well we don't know what to do with sonya make her an authority figure like she's a fucking awful authority figure i don't care 
now she has this fucking never-ending feud with fucking Naomi. This fucking feud's gonna go Rollins fucking Mysterio fucking levels of long, and it's gonna be ready to. I'm gonna be ready to just fucking drown myself. It's fucking awful. Like this feud, they try so many different things to fucking make this match, to make this feud, I should say, feel like it has some kind of life to it. And it just gets worse and worse. It just drags on and gets worse. And that is a bad fucking, that's a bad combination. Literally, I think Naomi, to me, was the only fucking good thing in this match. Ronda Rousey didn't even look good in this match. And it wasn't even just because her hand was tied down. She looked awful in this match. Well, I, to me, I think Ronda looked bad because she had to fucking sell the fact that, oh, I, my arm is restricted even though she could fucking move it. Yeah, it looked so dumb. Like She had to try to like play it off even though it's painfully obvious. Like, Naomi, to me, was the only fucking standout in this. She looked really good in this match. She was able to take down Charlotte on occasions. She was actually like, I know you're not crazy for Naomi. Yeah. But I think even you can say that she actually looked good in this match. She was the only fucking shining star of this match. Well, I didn't think Ronda looked that bad. Well, yeah, Ronda, okay, I'll take that back. She was doing her best. Yeah, I'll take it back. Ronda didn't look the worst. But fucking... But it it wasn't the greatest looking fucking thing from her at all. Yeah, Naomi looked alright. Yeah, this just... Again, Sonya taps out to the armbar to a one-armed fucking Ronda Rousey. Again, there was no way Ronda was losing this. There's no way Ronda's losing. And the only thing so far, it's the feud between her and Charlotte is literally just getting less and less exciting to see, as far as I'm concerned. And it's mainly because of Charlotte. Mm-hmm. But Ronda, can, I don't really think, can do anything to counteract Charlotte's fucking uh, like atrocities at herself. The only good thing, I think, uh, the bad thing out of this match at WrestleMania, the only good thing I think I'm going to have to say about this match is I'm just glad Charlotte loses the title. If Ronda beats her, that's the only good thing I think I can say out of this match. Is that, thank God the title's off of Charlotte. Hopefully she'll not be on TV for months. Like, maybe even a year. Because fucking Charlotte makes everything worse. And it fucking sucks. Yeah. But next was Drew McIntyre and Mad Cat Moss in the Falls Count Anywhere match. Honestly, I will say this. Their day one match, as fucking stupid and pointless as it was, it wasn't awful. Yeah, it really wasn't bad. It wasn't awful. It's just not a match I'm going to go back and go, boy, I can't re- can't wait to rewatch a Drew McIntyre Mad Cat Moss match. <laughs> and again, this one wasn't awful. Again, they, at times, use the Falls Count Anywhere freaking stipulation, which is fine by me. They actually used it right. But, can we talk about Madcap's fucking scary bump? Yeah, I, I hope he's all good. I do too. Listen, I fucking joked around, and it probably wouldn't fucking be a joke to a lot of people, that Drew's gonna probably actually use the sword... And we probably aren't going to see Madcap for a while. He he almost did. Yeah. On Corbin. But I hope to God he's okay. Because he looked off the rest of this match. When he took the reverse Alabama slam and 
literally fucking his neck fucking compressed. It looked scary. Like, I was like, oh my god. I'm like, that is fucking horrifying. Yeah. Like, I swear to god, I hope he's not seriously injured. Like, I better fucking see him on SmackDown. Or else I'm gonna be concerned. But, again, this wasn't awful. It's just not a match to go back and look at again. It's a fucking Drew McIntyre Mad Cat Moss match. What is fucking exciting about this? This is not a match you go back and look at and go, boy, oh boy, this feud's been so fucking entertaining. Like, this match is... This fucking feud is fucking god-awful. Like, no one's gonna end fucking WrestleMania this year and be like, my favorite matchup was Drew McIntyre versus Baron Corbin. Yeah, no, I'm... Sorry. Happy Corbin. Corbin... When I look at Corbin, I feel like they jumped the gun on turning him back into this, into rich Corbin. They did. They should have gave the depressed bum Corbin more time. It's, it was just unfortunate timing that one of the SmackDown shows was in Vegas. Yeah, and that's just fucking crazy. So, next was... The Lita and Becky Lynch match. Oh, wait, let's talk about the segment. Yeah. Because next, The Miz was backstage and was talking about that he's pretty much got a partner to face the Mysterios. This part, I know everybody fucking blew their fucking load already. Because immediately with all the Cody talk, everyone was like, he's talking about Cody. The Miz is going to team with Cody. And first off, how does fuck would Cody Rhodes feel about that? Having his first match My back first in WWE. My first fucking match back in WWE. Is teaming with The Miz is to fight the Mysterios. That is fucking god-awful. But then... But then it was reported by good old Uncle Dave. What a fucking Uncle moron. Dave over there at the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. What a fucking moron. That uh is probably at about thirty percent reliability at this point. That's a pr- I would probably go less because Uncle Dave, you know him. If he's wrong, you know that he'll just go the well. Plans changed route, you know, because I can't be wrong. I'm Dave Meltzer. The high and exalted fucking Dave Meltzer. But good old Uncle Dave reported that the the rumored and reported tag team partner for The Miz... Before he announces this, get ready, because it's going to fucking blow your fucking mind. It's it's shocking, ready? It's, It's such a big fucking... The reported tag team partner to team with The Miz... At WrestleMania, to fight the Mysterios, is Logan Paul. Where do I fucking even start here? Fuck Logan Paul. And that's all we gotta say. (laughs) That might literally be the only thing I literally have to say. Because fucking Logan Paul. Logan Paul. Deserves a WrestleMania moment! (laughs) Again! (laughs) What is wrong with this company sometimes? What the fuck? 
I don't give a shit about Logan Paul and his fucking boxing career and his fucking fixed fights that he has. Eat a fucking dick, okay? I just think it's hilarious how everyone, because The Miz described his tag team partner as dashing, has dashingly handsome looks, and is as athletic as him, uh, and a global superstar. And everyone goes, Cody! Cody Rhodes! It's because he heard dashing. And then then it's reported (laughs) that it's fucking Logan Paul. (laughs) Can I say this? Logan Paul looks like a fucking shrew. What the fuck? Dashing. Dashing my fucking left testicle. Like, (laughs) the fuck out of here with this shit. If this is legit, I know what my piss break is for WrestleMania. I'll have to go down and get a fucking, another drink or something when that match is happening. That is fucking awful. Dominic Mysterio. That everybody fucking seems to have an issue with has the possibility of being in the ring with Logan Paul. If that doesn't make you want to fucking go to the nearest toilet and projectile fucking vomit, (coughs) you fucking are crazy. Like, that is the worst that you could ever fucking decide to do. Now that I'm cooling down here, even though this fucking review doesn't feel like it's going to be positive at all, but again, I'm just telling you how I freaking feel. It's hard to be positive about this show. It was rough. It was really rough. Like, I know there was a lot of people that were like, it's fine. It's just nothing really to like go to like to gawk about. And I'm like, it wasn't really fine. It's not really fine. This pay-per-view sucked. Like, literally sucked. Next was Lita and Becky Lynch. Now, I was one of those people who immediately said that when I look at Lita, again, she's just so slow. She has no movement. And I know you talk about the fact that, again, she hasn't been in the ring for so long. Yeah, she hasn't done a traditional match in, like, 13 years or something. It's just... When I watched this match, this feud... Listen, when Becky did the whole, this is my my mentor, this is like my big my big inspiration and all this stuff, talking about how about Lita and all this stuff, and then the fucking weird-ass segment they did for the contract signing, yes, they had a contract signing for this match, where Becky came out looking like a homeless person in like fucking plaid fucking colored checkered fucking like look look like sleep like sleep pants and a tank top and was like i have i can't sleep because i'm so disappointed that my one of my inspirations attacked me and i'm like really this is this is this is our build this is what we're doing really becky's fucking disappointed because the fucking woman that says that she's gonna that she's still got a run in her and is someone that she looks up to jumped her because you fucking tried to jump her first like this was so 
I wanted to get into this match so freaking much because, again, I like Lita and I like Becky Lynch. But something about this match was just off. It just, it, I don't know if they didn't mesh well. I don't know if I just couldn't get into it because it was fucking uber predictable that Lita wasn't going to win because there was no fucking reason that Lita would win. I don't get what you would do if Lita won. Like, it didn't really, it was so obvious and it was just so hard to get into. I think, like, I agree that the match was hard to get into and I think the main point was that it was just, it's just so obvious. It was it just could so be. obvious. It could that be. Becky was winning that it was hard to like get yourself into the match and just like suspend your disbelief that oh well maybe maybe Lita could win. It was just no, it, it was so tough. It was it's too obvious. It was too obvious that fucking Becky was retaining. Yeah, that putting yourself like into the match was like trying to get fucking gum out of your hair. Yeah. It was, again, it was so, I, I don't know if it was the predictability that just, I couldn't get into it. I don't know if it was just because they were off. Like, they looked like the, the two of them just didn't mesh well. I don't know what it was. There was something about this match that I just could not fucking just fully invest myself into. And I think the predictability might be one of them. But there's other fucking contributing factors, but I just cannot figure out what those are. It was so hard to get into it, and I wanted to. And in my personal opinion, I know you said that Lita was slow. And again, I say that this is her first, like, Mm -hmm. traditional match in, like, 13 years or something like that. She's only been in Rumbles, Mm -hmm. and if I remember correctly, she was in a tag team match at Evolution. Yeah, the one with her and Trish. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Those are the only two matches that she's participated in. She was in the first and this year's Rumble, and then a tag team match. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't, she hasn't wrestled a traditional one on one match in who the fuck knows how long. Yeah. So I can excuse her for being at least a little like creaky. I won't say rusty. She was creaky. But I still thought that Lita looked. At least good. She looked okay. She wasn't the like again. I don't again. She's just she she wasn't at the point where she was like speeding up. A lot of it just looks so slow. And even if you so like, slow, like, I look back and watch some clips of Lita before watching this match, and I realized that she wasn't you. She wasn't naturally fast to begin with. She was. Sort of just sluggish in the ring. But she was still great. And here, she still had her sluggishness, but she, she wasn't as good. And I could I could excuse her for not being as good, because she hasn't wrestled in, again, 13 or something years. Oh well, yeah, again, the, the gist of it was, I just, I couldn't get into it. Yeah. It was so hard. And again, I think the predictability was one of it, was one part of it. And... There was just other contributing factors that I just don't know why I couldn't get like fully invested into it. It was so tough. I do have to say though that hope spot from Lee. The moonsault. Was... The moonsault spot was big. Yeah, it was. 
it got me to fucking be like, oh, God, yeah. there's no way. The moonsault spot was a big fucking moment because that fucking count was really close. Yeah. Like, if she'd have won, I, I don't know how I would have been... I, I would have been surprised as hell. But... So, Becky won with the manhandle slam. So, it was, again, obvious Becky was winning. It was very obvious. But next was... The Usos and the Viking Raiders. So, the Viking Raiders made their entrance. The Usos jumped them before the match. The refs chased off the Usos, and the match just didn't happen. The main thing I say is why even bother flying them out there if you weren't even going to fucking have the match? Yeah, honestly. Like, I know, everybody fucking responded to me when I said that was... The money, the money, and I'm like, well, what's the fucking point? You think the Saudi government, who probably paid for this to, to see this fucking show, literally wanted to see a match that wasn't gonna happen? Come on, that's like kind of insulting to the Saudi government. You know, like what the fuck? Yeah. I thought this was pointless to even fly them out there if you weren't even gonna have the match. I thought it was stupid. Because I was actually looking forward to this. I thought this match here was going to be one of those matches that was going to be freaking awesome. Because it's the Viking Raiders, an awesome fucking tag team. And the Usos, an awesome fucking tag team. I figured this match was going to be awesome, but we got nothing out of it. Guess we're saving it for WrestleMania. Either that or SmackDown. Sometime during SmackDown leading up to WrestleMania. But that would be fucking weird and kind of pointless. But then we get to the ending. The main event was the men's elimination chamber. Bobby Lashley defending against Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, Matt Riddle, and Austin Theory. So, originally, again, I wasn't... When I thought of this, it was it doesn't make sense. But it does make sense that Brock was in this match. It doesn't make sense because he won the fucking Royal Rumble. Which he, he didn't a, which he didn't need to. And he chose his opponent. Yeah. Brock didn't need to win the Rumble. But he won the Rumble. And he chose his opponent as Roman. But for some reason he still interjected in the fucking WWE title match. Which again does make sense because as much as I fucking try to vouch so many times that WWE said no antiquated rematches, but they're giving out rematches. So I'm just giving up saying that. So Brock is getting his rematch. So it's obvious. So it makes sense that he's in this match, but it doesn't because also he won the Royal Rumble. So why the hell is he again challenging for the other championship? But it makes sense that he does because, again, he's getting his rematch. So, WWE, so again, this, the men's chamber does the same thing the women did. With the weird fucking entrance thing. Styles and Theory were in the ring. Lashley was in a pod. No, Rollins and Theory. Oh, yeah, Rollins and Theory were in a pod. Or were in the ring. Lashley was in the pod. Riddle. Riddle was in a pod. And Styles AJ. was in the pod. Suddenly, Brock comes out and gets in the pod, and I'm like, so, again, you do the same fucking thing you did with the women. What was the point of having Brock Lesnar come out last when the other guys were already in the ring? Like, yeah. 
It didn't make fucking sense just to get the giant pop because it's Brock Lesnar. So, this match was going along pretty well. Again, I thought this was going fine at first. Like, it was still early stages. Nothing big was happening yet at the time. So, at one point, Rollins picks up Theory and hucks him into Bobby Lashley's pod. Like, straight through the, the plexiglass. Lashley goes down. Referees come up the stairs, and they start going and checking on him. The match is still going on. So Riddle finally gets in the ring, and we have everybody but Lesnar in the ring, except for Lashley, because he's getting checked on. The randomization sound goes off, and it gets to Lashley's pod, because they had taken him out of the match, because they were checking on him. I was like, oh, I was like, okay, so Lashley's going to go out, and then probably come back in because that just seems like something WWE likes to do. The whole, oh, we took him out of the match, but they'll come back in surprise. Like, and then Lesnar fucking doesn't even wait for the timer to go off. He just kicks his way out of the pod and he's in the match. And Lesnar goes on a fucking tear. Rollins gets eliminated first. And then Riddle got eliminated next. And it was down to Lesnar, Styles, and Theory. And in the meantime of that, and this is where I just didn't give two fucks about the match. And in the meantime of that, commentary goes, Bobby Lashley has entered concussion protocols. Not even. They didn't even say that no, at they first. Did. They oh, did. did they on the they commentary? Said, I didn't they know They said that. that Bobby Lashley has entered concussion protocols <laughs> and cannot re-enter the match, guaranteeing a new WWE champion. Yep, they said match. that, and I didn't give two shits, because at that point, the match got predictable, and I fucking hated this match. And by the time we've got done finishing the sentence, AJ Styles was just eliminated with yes. an F5. Yes. With Lashley out, guaranteeing a new WWE champion, it was fucking obvious who was winning this at this point. That it was going to be Brock Lesnar. And this fucking... I will give Austin Theory fucking props that the man got some fucking offense in. Thank God. I love that they at least gave him that one spot to look like he had a chance. He fucking gave Lesnar a low blow. That was one of the hardest fucking low blows I've I've seen people hit Brock with. Could have swore to God Lesnar was going to cough up his nuts. <laughs> <laughs> he hits the low blow, he does the rolling in with the drop kick, and then hits a DDT, because Lesnar didn't go down with the drop kick. So he caught him with a DDT. He got the two count. Theory gets the fuck out of the ring and just runs for his fucking life. He tries, there's, he climbs up the side of the fucking chamber, and then for some reason up at the, like, basically the top of the cage is like a giant, like, space that he basically almost fits himself out of. He almost crawled out of the chamber. I don't know what the fuck would have happened if he'd have crawled out of the chamber. That would have been terrifying because first off, he was going head like head first. That would have been horrifying. He would have had to change his position before he fell. But it was just Lesnar climbed up the cage, grabs Theory, pulls him back down. They both end up on top of one of the pods. Lesnar 
just fucking slamming the ever-loving shit of Theory's head against the fucking plexiglass. Theory just laying there in a slump. Lesnar picks him up, gives him an F5 off the pod, rolls him in the ring, and gets the three count. This fucking shit sucks. Yeah. Brock Lesnar is your WWE champion. Again. Again. So, in the end of this, the Royal Rumble match was fucking pointless with Lashley. Lesnar and Reigns now have another fucking thing involved in this feud like it needed any more fucking things to be involved in this. Like, this fucking blows. I do not want a unified championship. I might be one of the only people seeing it because everywhere I turn around, people are fucking up in arms in celebration that the titles are going to be unified. There's no need to unify the championships. And the thing is about unifications is they've WWE's already proven that they they just don't know how to book unifications. No. They're not merging the titles. It's just going to be Roman holding both titles. Yeah. Which basically means they're going to have to make Roman lose the yeah. WWE title. Yeah. Which they're going to have him hold it for a little bit. And they're going to make him lose it. Yeah. Like, just like they did with Becky. She hold bo- she held both women's titles. Then all of a sudden, they had to make her lose one of them. She lost the SmackDown women's title. She kept the Raw one. And that's... Like, you're basically guaranteeing, hey, we're going to give Roman a loss in the next year or yeah. so. Roman, at this point, if your fucking destination is to get to Roman and The Rock, Roman doesn't lose. That's it. If your destination is to get to Roman and The Rock, why are you giving him both titles guaranteeing him a loss? Yes. That doesn't make fucking sense at all. Like, zero fucking sense at all. And especially since not this match has made the Brock and Bobby match worthless. Yes. The, the Royal Rumble was already pointless Brock winning because the story between Brock and Roman was already a thing. Pretty much already made the match. They didn't need a rumble thing. They just yeah. wanted to solidify the fact that it was going to happen. So it doesn't make fucking sense. So basically, this is the timeline. At Rumble, the Rumble was wasted because Roman and Brock already had an established story and Brock didn't need to win. He won. Rumble wasted. Lashley winning was a fucking waste. This, this is the timeline. Rumble is wasted because Brock won and the story was mm-hmm. already established. They booked this Elimination Chamber match. Mm-hmm. Not only is the Chamber wasted yeah. on Brock winning the WWE title again, but Bobby versus Brock at Rumble was waste, is pointless because they just went from, from Big E to, to Brock to Lashley back to Brock. Yes. Didn't fucking make a... F- fucking ounce of sense. I still fucking do not understand why Brock Lesnar had to win the WWE title at fucking day one. There was zero fucking reason. If you're fucking so obsessed with this fucking unification double champion shit, you need to get it the fuck out of your head. And this is stupid. The thing is, for the promotional card, when Brock won... They didn't even say title for title. 
It just says champion versus champion. Yeah, and they want to know what fucking says it after that? WWE, I think on, on Fox's Twitter, fucking tweeted the picture of that out and everything, and then said that per WWE.com, it is title for title. So immediately, we're taking a title away from fucking a show every other show now. This is fucking stupid. If this is a pitiful fucking excuse to get Roman on both shows, this is fucking dumb. And not to mention, you are completely just fucking dwindling Raw's side for Mania. Yeah. You're telling me their best match is going to be Becky versus Bianca? Probably. That's the fucking thing. Like, this match with Lesnar and fucking Reigns has lost a lot of interest because now it's just throwing shit in there to try to make it feel bigger than it already was. And it doesn't fucking make sense why it needs to be bigger. You're already fucking trying to figure out who Paul Heyman's aligned with. And you have the universal title involved in it, which is enough right there. But you're like, one more title involved there won't hurt. Bullshit. That's gonna hurt. Raw. That means... Roman's going to have to go out and defend the Universal title at one show, but Raw doesn't have their title. And then vice versa. Like, that means we're probably going to be seeing two Roman matches every pay-per-view until he loses the WWE title. Either that, yeah, and again, why would Roman lose? Roman should not be losing if your destination is to get to The Rock. The only thing is, if fucking Brock wins this match at WrestleMania, which would, again... Be fucking stupid. And it basically means if... It's basically obvious at this point that Roman is winning both titles. So he could be on both shows. It's just a fucking bust. It means that basically any of the two title matches that you book that have multiple people... That makes every fucking person... Like if they book any triple threat or fatal four way or fucking five, six, seven, eight man fucking pack challenges yeah. everyone's just gonna think to themselves that's when Roman's losing because he's not he doesn't have to be pinned but again that's Roman taking a loss though but it it's different to just take a loss than it is to be pinned it's just it's it's kind of just ruining the point of multi-man matches yeah also because if you book a multi-man match when Roman holds both titles then Everyone's just going to think that's when Roman's losing. It's that's just, when Roman's dropping the title. It just, it sucked because the other thing with this matchup is everybody else looked like just another guy in there. AJ Styles looks like just another guy in this Rollins match. Looks Seth like Rollins looks like guy. another fucking guy in this match. It's just Matt Riddle, a guy who was, who a lot of people would say deserves to be a world champion. Who was reportedly the the beginning the 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 original fucking rumble winner this year. Just it just it's so fucking stupid. Like the Brock Reigns feud started off again all early on. The rest of their feuds were dog shit. This was probably the best one they've had. And now it's got so many fucking stakes in there. That it's gotten ridiculous. Roman and Brock do not need two titles involved. They fucking already have the story of, is Paul Heyman going to stay with Roman? Or is he going to go back to Brock? 
And then will Brock end the fucking 540-some-plus-day fucking streak? Like, it's there. That's your story. That was it. The WWE title needs its own fucking story. Not interjected in there to go, well, the Roman and Brock story needs to be bigger. Like, no. It's big enough as it is. Should we talk about Lashley? Yeah, it was reported... Unrevealed, I should say. I can't say reported. It was revealed that Lashley was taking out... We were all thinking, after hearing that he was taken out from concussion protocols to come to find out that he was taken out because he has a shoulder injury and will miss four months. So Bobby Lashley... He needs to go get surgery. Bobby Lashley is going to miss WrestleMania. Yeah. So it it was basically revealed that somewhere, I think it was after Rumble... It was during it was during the Lashley Lesnar match. He got he fucked up his shoulder, but it wasn't fucking revealed until later on. Because again, I think it was from those Germans. I don't know why he led with his shoulder. Yeah. That made no sense. Like at all. I get you were probably trying to protect your neck. I get it. I'd be worried too. Taking a German suplex that high up on your neck, that's concerning. But you don't leave with your fucking shoulder, at least. Like, yeah. come on. It just... This sucks. Because a lot of people were talking about have it be Lashley and Lesnar at night one for the WWE title so we can actually settle that fucking feud and the winner goes on to freaking face Roman. Or no, because not even. Just have that happen. And if Lashley wins, it's just the Universal title at that point. The WWE title has its own fucking thing again, you know? But now that can't be a thing because he's missing Yeah, now we have to fucking take a title away from everybody. From a show every other time. It's fucking stupid. I have gone to the point where I've tried my damnedest to try to keep the brand split as much as possible. I fucking hate the brand split. I've tried to find some way to work around it and fucking do it. But this whole fucking... Having one person on one show shit is so dumb. Because, again, it takes a title away from a show. If you're gonna fucking do that, then end the brand split completely. I know a lot of people hate the fucking thought of it going back to one roster. I know this. But at this point, just fucking do it. Just fucking do it. I've tried to come up with a way that I've talked about that would make more fucking sense, that would kind of keep a brand split... But you wouldn't have a brand split at the same time. But at this point, just say, fuck it. If you want to fucking unify the titles, if this is your fucking main thing, like we have to put these two titles together, then fucking end it completely. Well, like I don't, like I said, I don't think their plan is to make one world title. They're going to do like they did with Becky. It's Roman's just, just going to walk around with both the WWE and the Universal title. It's just, it's so dumb then. It's still fucking stupid. It just doesn't make sense. None of it. I don't get why. If Roman has to be on both shows, then make him a fucking free agent at this point. Don't make him primarily SmackDown. Make him fucking a free agent then. If your fucking intent is to make sure that Roman can be on Raw and on SmackDown, then he shouldn't be signed 
directly to Raw. Yeah. He should be a free agent like Brock, floating around. If he's your fucking golden child right now, then he gets the Brock Lesnar treatment. He goes wherever. If he wants to, he gets the Cena treatment. He can go wherever. Yeah. That's it. None of this fucking taking a title away from everybody, from a show. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. SmackDown now has to fucking worry about, oh, well, this one pay-per-view, Roman's got to defend the title against this one on fucking Monday Night Raw. And then the next pay-per-view, he's got to defend the Universal title against well, us over here. Like, Well, no, they're not going to do one title. They're, you know exactly what they're going to do. They're going to do exactly what they did with yeah, Becky. It's just, it's, it's, Roman's going to have to wrestle twice. Yeah, I just think that's stupid. It it's is. Even, that's even dumber. Having him wrestle twice is a terrible fucking decision. Yeah. That just puts Roman in a position more and more that if he gets injured, it's your fucking fault because you made him wrestle multiple times. And I fucking hate the thought of having somebody wrestle multiple times. Yeah. I hate when Raw does that shit where it's like, oh, Matt Riddle was in three segments and had two different matches in one night and Kevin Owens had two matches in one night. Well, yeah. You know why that's happening? Because your fucking rosters are so goddamn slim. This is what, as much as people fucking go, oh, well, it's just a business doing business thing. Yeah, but all these releasees have fucked shit up completely. Yeah. Everything is so fucking neutered that's and why, so slim. That's why they, they need to pick up the pace here with some of those fucking... Some of the people that don't fit in fucking 2.0 anymore... They need to get them up. Fucking Chompa, yeah. Dunn, Cameron Grimes, L.A. Knight. Yeah. Those type of fucking people. MSK. They don't fit in the current scheme of yeah. 2.0. They need to go to the main roster. Yes. They need to fucking start looking at NXT and seeing this is who we need to get up there. Like, you did that, but it was fucking black and gold NXT people. And you weren't going to do jack shit with those guys. And when you did that, they, some of those people weren't ready. Yeah. Clearly, they weren't ready. Lars Sullivan was not ready to be brought up. As much as fucking WWE probably liked Lars Sullivan because big fucking ogre of a man. We get it. Like, you know, on. it's it's wild to think that the only people in those call-ups that are still here is Otis, Nikki, and Lacey. Yeah. It's fucking insane. Like... I'm sorry, losing all these fucking people that you had on the roster has been more of a hindrance than it's been a help. Yeah, I'm wait, sorry. I'm sure they're I'm they're out there doing their own fucking thing. Yeah. But it it's it's just so like it's bogging down your roster in the opposite way. Yeah, it's put the roster in a bubble and that's and it. And the thing is is that they have people. They yeah. have people still they just don't do anything. Yeah. You have people on a roster that just sit there and do fucking nothing. You use the same people every fucking week. And that shows you right there that with the people that you don't use, how limited your roster is. Like, remember back in the day, they would have those, just the random one-off matches. Yeah. You're, you're, you're telling me you can't book a random one-off match on Raw between, like... Shelton Benjamin and, like, Drew Gulak. No, Shelton Benjamin's too busy being a fucking jobber, and Drew Gulak's too busy either not existing or chasing the 24-7 slash catering championship. 
It's just fucking garbage. Like, you're, you're telling me you can't have a random one-off match on Raw between, like, T-Bar and fucking, I don't know, fucking Cedric. No, T-Bar's too busy being on main event of all fucking things. Like, just, the rosters have suffered so much now since all these releases. And it fucking sucks. And now the fact that you're going to put and have Roman wrestle twice, pretty much wrestle twice, I can say, is a fucking downwards, is a fucking shitty fucking idea. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're, you're putting Roman at a risk that he, yeah. you don't even really need to do. Yeah, so WrestleMania's now taken a hit in interest at all, in, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. I, I think they, I think they've made this decision because of the fact that they thought, they think that fucking uh, Austin Stone Cold is gonna be there, and that's gonna be part of the the raw build. The thing that's fucking, fucking, the thing that sucks is now this is not only a shitty fucking elimination chamber, but again, it fucking puts a damper on WrestleMania a lot. Yeah. Because you're coming up with some really shitty fucking ideas right now. Yeah, you have to, they have to now think of some fucking bullshit goddamn matches to fill up Raw side when fucking SmackDown side has their world champion, their women's champion, probably their tag team champion. You know, 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 the thing that fucking sucks is how fucking pointless does does it become in the end if Roman does win the WWE title and has both titles... Or if Brock, or vice versa, if Brock wins both, how fucking pointless does any of this become now? Roman now has no titles if Brock wins. If the fucking main focus is to get to The Rock, it's now fucking pointless. He's not the head of the table anymore. That's why it's obvious that fucking Roman is winning both titles. Yeah, but look how fucking pointless that all becomes too now. Because you put the titles, you put both titles on Roman. If the point is to have him wrestle twice, it's going to be completely fucking pointless to give him that title. Yeah, especially... Especially if the point is for him to lose it. That's no fucking... That's pointless. Yeah, especially since fucking probably like a month and a half into his fucking double title reign, they're going to fucking drop the WWE title back to Raw. Yeah, so what's the fucking point? This whole thing is gotten fucking pointless now. Yeah. It sucks. Like, this show sucked, and there's a lot of shit that's just really kind of killing WrestleMania hype. And it's WrestleMania. That shouldn't be a thing. Those fucking shows should never be, feel like fucking pointless. But now it's starting to feel like this year it's going to be fucking pointless. Mm -hmm. And that sucks. But at least last night there was one good show. You know, to counteract the fact that the All-Star Weekend had a good, like, skills challenge and a three-point challenge, but the dunk contest has fucking gotten flat as shit, and then this awful fucking Elimination Chamber show, at least Impact was a fucking shining star in this, and probably GCW, because GCW had a show last night as well, which I did not watch. I have to watch that one, too. But, again... Anything at that point was better than this shit. Yeah. Was so, than watching this show. It was fucking a waste. Like, it was actually a waste of three, maybe four hours. It sucked. Yeah. But, that's it. We covered it. Another a big surprise episode now. We have now two from this week. 
which fucking A, I'm happy that we did this again. I love doing this. And that's just the point. It's doing this show. Yeah. Like, just having fun doing it. And that's what we're going to do. So, we're out of here right now. You can follow us on Twitter, JustinTime211. At Jeremy in Time 721. And we are out of here.